This is an FOU Studios podcast. The Chris Hahn Show. America and welcome. This is the Chris Hahn Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. The truth is on the air and truthfully tonight, America. Been off for a week. Lots gone on in that week. Uh, a lot of talk about stuff going to go on tomorrow. That's going to be very interesting for us to talk about as well. So let's get right to it. If you want to be part of the national conversation, pick up the phone and give me a call at 631 631- 451-1039. That's 631-451-1039. You can also tweet at me at Christopher Hahn on Twitter if you want to be part of the national conversation at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Uh, America, the president's campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, is going to jail. And he is going to jail for seven and a half years. Seven and a half years, he's going to jail. Now, I don't know why people are saying uh, on the right that that's not such a big deal and that it has nothing to do with the president. But the president told us, I'm going to hire the best people, the best people, to rub with the best people. And the Bible tells us that you could know them by the company they keep. The president of the United States hired a guy who's going to jail for fraud, tax evasion, uh, witness tampering, and a, a variety of other crimes against the United States of America. Conspiracy against the United States of America was original charge. He obviously pled guilty to spare himself even worse charges. And I don't know. I, I'm not gleeful about this. Those of you who know me know I never root for anyone to go to prison I also believe that financial crime should be met with financial penalties. Uh, I think we have far too many people in prison. I am, uh, uh, I believe we need less prison. I think we need more rehabilitation. But we have a system of laws and they need to be equally applied. So if you believe in the equal application of law, then Paul Manafort's not getting enough time. But whatever amount of time he's getting He was the president's campaign manager just three years ago. This current president, the last campaign, this was the guy who was running it. And now he's going to jail. And and that is a, uh, I I don't know, it, it should be stunning to all of us. And of course, Manafort wants to get that pardon. He wants it really bad. And his attorneys are also trying to get that pardon. I guess after failing him in this tight walk of a you know, cooperation agreement that he had with the special counsel, which he then backslid on, lied to the special counsel during the cooperation agreement, uh, the, uh, his attorneys have been stating both last week when he was sentenced in Virginia and today when he was sentenced in Washington that this had, the, the judge said there was no collusion. That's not what the judge said. Play the, play the clip of his attorney, his weak, weak attorney. Judge Jackson, 
conceded that there was absolutely no evidence of any Russian collusion in this case. So that makes two courts. Two courts have ruled no evidence of any collusion with any Russian. Sad. Very sad day for such a callous sentence that is totally unnecessary. So like this. So I'm glad that there were people out there calling out his attorney for lying right outside the courtroom. The judge said this case was not about Russian collusion. She did not rule one way or the other whether or not there was Russian collusion. Yet the audience of one that Paul Manafort and his attorney are playing for want to keep saying no collusion because they want the president of the United States to grant Paul Manafort a free and clear pardon. Now, Mr. President, let me speak frankly to you. Um, and, and the sentence is, quite frankly, uh, you know, if the president's going to wait till after the election to pardon Paul Manafort, he will have served two years. Look, it, here, here's the thing. You'll know them by the company they keep. And whether or not Paul Manafort is covering up for the president or not, The way for most Americans to believe that he was covering up for the president is for the president to issue a pardon to Paul Manafort. Because why would you issue a pardon to a guy who was convicted of tax evasion, fraud, witness tampering, and conspiracy against the United States? If you weren't doing that as a thank you for the cover-up he performed for you, I would think that that in and of itself is prima facie evidence of the president's own obstruction of justice. I, I really got to hear from you out there, Trump supporter. If you, if you really do believe this, give me a call, tweet at me, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, or call me, 631-451-1039 to be part of this conversation because it is, it is utterly ridiculous to me how people are still suggesting that there is no collusion. Because now I know that this case that Paul Manafort was sentenced for was not about Russian collusion. It was about his other crimes, which include failing to identify himself as an agent of a foreign government when he represented a uh, Konstantin Kalimnik and others who were not really friends of the United States. And by the way, not registering as an agent for a foreign government while he was running the president's campaign for president. Uh, That should give you pause, America. But let's talk about the other things we've discovered during the Paul Manafort, during his brief time cooperating. Paul Manafort was sharing polling data with Konstantin Kalimnik, a Russian agent himself. Sharing polling data. America, I've been on campaigns where I haven't shared polling data with the candidate who we were working for. Polling data is, you know, the most important piece of information a campaign has. And Paul Manafort didn't just send the polling data over there. Paul Manafort sent the cross tabs. And I don't know if those polling, if that polling data and those cross tabs were used to target districts in Milwaukee and Wisconsin, excuse me, Milwaukee's in Wisconsin, Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania 
and North Carolina and other places that might help the president secure the presidency. I don't know for sure of that, but I am really suspicious to know why Konstantin Kalimnik needed the crosstabs. Now, I get it. I've been on campaigns where you've talked about the top lines. Oh, he's winning 40-32. Okay, I get it. We all talk about the top lines. But the tabs is what the researchers want. The tabs is where the race is won and lost in the crosstabs. So for Paul Manafort to be sharing the crosstab information with a known agent of the Kremlin, Guys, just ask yourself, you know, if Obama was sharing crosstab information with the Muslim Brotherhood or even Putin, what would Sean Hannity be opening his show with every night for the rest of his life? Uh, Would Rush Limbaugh just let that go? Oh, no big deal. This is a process crime is what I'm sure that's what they would say, right? It's a process crime. Or, Or would they say, what's wrong with sharing that information with the Russians like they're saying now? I guess nothing if you don't, if they're not using that information to harm this country, but America, I've been on campaigns. Anybody who's been on a campaign knows the polling data is a, is a closely held piece of information, especially the crosstab. So it's very scary to me. 631-451-1039 is my number. If you want to be part of the national conversation tonight, pick up the phone, give me a call. 631-451-1039. I'm here all night. I got Joe Tex joining me at nine o'clock. We're going to talk about this whole scandal with the SATs. That's going to be fun. Uh, it is, it is kind of funny. Uh, I'm not going to get into that right now, but I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's funny. It's tragic. Uh, I'm a little upset that Aunt Becky got caught up in the scandal, but, you know, we'll figure that out. We'll talk about that a little later on. 631-451-1039. I will be on Tucker Carlson tonight on Friday night, and I've got some other appearances. Uh, Check me out on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn. If you want to know where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing, uh, that's where you can find me. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. I, I just, I shudder to think about what comes next, right? Uh, Roger Stone's going to be in court tomorrow. I think he's going to jail. I, you know, I, I, he's going to be in front of the same judge that Manafort was in front of today. And, you know, uh, he told, she told him not to talk about the trial. And he put out a book that said, who framed Roger Stone, right? Or he put a book cover out on his, on his Twitter feed. He had a picture of the judge with crosshairs on his Twitter feed. I'm pretty sure he's going to jail tomorrow. I'm also pretty sure that he wants to go to jail tomorrow for some reason. I, I don't know what that reason could possibly be. I don't know why he wants to be in jail. I don't know what his strategy is here. I don't know if he thinks it makes him more of a martyr. But what he's got to understand is what Judge uh, Jackson said today. Uh, he, she said, court is a place where facts still matter. Court is a place where facts still matter. That should be resonating uh, with all of the Trump accolades and Trump associates who are running around right now, you know, crying no collusion, no collusion, and talking about what comes next. Because facts matter in court. And I don't know that the facts are on their side. 
I don't know that they've been factually honest with the American people. And while, yes, there's a lot going on out there in the world to try to save the president through public opinion by, you know, Rudy Giuliani running around, you know, saying that this is just a a witch hunt and, uh, you know, there's been no collusion. There is no collusion. They're out there on TV trying to really get the public behind the idea that impeaching the president would be a bad thing. And since impeachment is really political, we heard Nancy Pelosi say earlier in the week that she won't impeach the president, at least right now. That's a good strategy for impeachment. But, you know, if you're Roger Stone, you're not going to be able to use that strategy. You are going to go to court where facts matter. And it appears to me that states are also taking very much an interest in the fact that the president could pardon a lot of these guys. So New York State, the minute the sentence was handed down of Paul Manafort today, unleashed, unsealed an indictment of Paul Manafort that could land him another 25 years in a state penitentiary, something that Trump would not be able to reach. Trump can't pardon Paul Manafort from a state crime. I would be very careful, very, very careful, all of you Trumpies, if you're offered a deal, take it, because the president won't be able to save you from all the levels of government, and he might not be able to pardon you at all. Now, think about it. Uh, The president... The president is going to seek re-election. He's probably going to lose. We don't know how he's going to react to that loss, right? Uh, There's been talk that he won't leave, that he'll, you know, ask his supporters to take to the streets. I don't think they'll do that. Maybe they'll protest. But the chances of him getting re-elected, I'm sorry. I, I know that an incumbent has a very good chance of getting re-elected. But I put his chances of re-election at 40%. That's not very low, but it's not where you should be at this point in your presidency first term. So let's say, for argument's sake, that he does lose. How is he going to react? What is he going to be spending his time on the last, you know, 60 days of his presidency in that lame duck session? What is he going to be doing? Is he going to be focused on making sure that all the president's men get their pardons? Because that's the legacy he's going to want to leave America, that he was this corrupt president who pardoned all of his co-conspirators? Like, is that is that the legacy he's going to want to live? Is that what he's going to want to deal with the last couple of weeks of his terms? I have a feeling that what will happen when the president loses is that he will spend a week or so really whining about it like really throwing a tantrum, maybe even threatening not to leave the White House. Then other members of his party, including his vice president, will call him out for that. People who want to actually keep America as America, not as, you know, Trump land. Uh, they They will call him out for that. And then he'll leave. And then I think he'll spend the rest of his presidency at Mar-a-Lago playing golf. Like, or maybe he'll just go to Europe and, Play golf at his uh, Scotland course, which is, I hear is beautiful. 
I don't even understand why the guy's running for re-election, frankly. I say this over and over and over again, and I still think there's a chance he won't run for re-election, especially if the numbers start turning south. Like if the Mueller report comes out and doesn't really make it so that the Congress is going to impeach him, but really shows that there was collusion with Russia and that the Trump campaign knew about it and perhaps the president knew about it. And maybe it's not something that we're going to indict him on or impeach him on, but it's pretty clear he knew what was going on. His numbers are going to tank even worse. He'll be in the high 30s, right? So if he's in the high 30s and he can't get reelected and it's showing that he's losing Florida and losing Ohio sometime later this year, you know, I could see this guy sometime in May of next year just calling it quits. Like, why bother? Why lose? Turn it over to Mike Pence or some other maniac in the Republican Party, which, by the way, he's done with his budget anyway. And let them take the, the huge, massive defeat because of this corrupt, you know, ridiculous administration that has basically destroyed much of what had we built up in this country over the last 10 years, especially when it comes to environmental regulations and the like and a social safety net. This president has been a disaster. But more importantly, he's ruined trade deals. He's ruined alliances. He's weakened our reputation around the world, reputation we fought world wars to gain. This man has destroyed in two years. Now we can get it back. We can get it back, but uh, it's going to take another president. So we have, you know, he, I think he's going to come a point where he's going to say, why do I want to go through this? Why do I want to go out with a loss? And quite frankly, he's what, 75 years old at the end of this term? He loves golf. I love golf too. Let's, let me be honest. You know, there's only so many years in your life where you could hit him from the tips. Playing from the tips meaning playing the, the entire length of the course. Playing from the, the back, back tees. Most golf courses, they're blue. Sometimes they're black. There's only so many years you can play from the tips, America. And Donald Trump is nearing the end of the road in the play it from the tip era of his life. Now, I know we, we saw it for story, he cheats at golf, whatever. He's got to know that his playing from the tips years are almost over. Now, he could run for re-election and be president and spend the next four years being president in a job which I can't imagine he likes. I just can't. This is a guy who never had anybody say no to him in his life. He was a little Lord Falteroy his entire life, was a millionaire by the age of 10. Never had anybody say no to him in his life. And now everybody says no to him. He's got Nancy Pelosi saying no every single day. Or does he want to get on his plane and go play golf? I don't know. I think there's a chance that he's going to see that he's about to lose re-election. He's going to say, you know, I'm 75. I got, what, four more years of playing from the tips? If that, I mean, I don't, I don't see a lot of 80-year-olds playing from the tips, especially guys in his shape with his belly and his whole thing. I don't even know if he could play from the tips now. But maybe he can get back in shape and, you know, figure it out. He says he drives 280 yards. I don't believe it. Don't, I don't believe it. I think he's a little bit too old for that. I, I mean, I've seen guys in their 70s hit the ball that well. I just don't think he, he can, frankly. But nevertheless, whatever he's hitting right now, he ain't going to be hitting it in 10 years. 
You know, so four more years as president, and you know, presidential years are like dog years, man. They age you twice as what the uh, what the regular world ages. I, I think there's a chance he might want to go the way of the dodo. So if you're one of those Trump accolades thinking that he's going to be around for another six years, so I could wait this out, you might want to take the deal because he might, you know, at the end of his presidency, just go play golf and forget about you because he doesn't care about anybody but himself, and he might be, you know, too busy pouting to sign the pardon. And that would be a big problem for you. All right, 631-451-1039. I'll get to your calls on the other side of this break if you want to be part of the national conversation. I'm Chris Hahn, and I'll be right back. Chris Han Show. All right, I'm back. I'm live, and I am taking your calls at 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. Give me a call at 631-451-1039. We could talk about Trump. We could talk about Manafort. We could talk about anything you want to talk about, but uh, I'm talking... Still a little bit about Manafort, and then I got to talk about the budget. And uh, a little later on, when my man Joe Tex gets in, I will talk to him about that SAT or school admission scandal that's rocking the nation. Everybody's shocked that rich people would try to buy to get their kids into college. I, I oh my God, have you been to college? We all know who got in because their dad wrote a check. Okay, let's just anybody who went to college, you met them, you know who they are. So. 631-451-1039 is my number, 631-451-1039. And I especially want to talk to you, Trump supporters. I want to hear how you're feeling tonight about uh, Paul Manafort going to prison. Now, I don't, again, I don't root for people to go to prison. I don't like sending people to prison. I think it's, you know, it's sad. And I, I, I think there are better ways to punish people than taking them and, you know, sending them to prison. But we live in a country of laws, and right now the law says you go to prison if you do these things. And I, I find it amazing that these uh, law and order, oh, that's my Trump, uh, law and order Republicans are rooting against, are rooting against sending somebody to prison who admitted to crimes. I mean, he pled guilty here. He pled guilty Oh, nobody would have even known he did it had he didn't work for Trump. Well, the judge disposed that of that myth today, too. These investigations were going on long before Trump ran for president. So I don't understand how the right wing of this nation is rooting against law and order. I, I don't get it at all. I thought the Republican Party was the law and order party. They root against prosecutors now because I guess an old white guy's up for a crime and you like that guy? Anyway, 631-451-1039. Let me go to the phones. Let me go to Mark in Baiting Hollow. Mark, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, man? It is going. How's it going with you? Good. I was just telling the gentleman that answered the phone. I don't even know 
your radio show because I'm typically not out and about this time of the evening, but I had it on, and oh my goodness, you're out of control with your thoughts, my friend. I'm out of control? You don't know my show. Yeah. I've been on Long Island News Radio for, uh, I don't know, five and a half years since the station began. I'm one of the first people they hired. I did not know that, but I I am an OG at LI News Radio. It was the first station I was on. I am now syndicated, but I, I'm an OG for you out there in Baiting I'm, Hollow. I am certainly going to look you up tomorrow when I get into work, but... Um, Mark, yeah, you don't recognize my you don't recognize my voice from television. I'm Chris Hahn from Fox News. You don't know. You don't know me. How no, dare you? Sorry. How no, dare you, sorry. Mark, from Baiting Hollow? <laughs> Listen, um, this this uh, President Trump not getting reelected and uh, not leaving the White House and. Oh my God! You gotta lighten up with that stuff. Uh, look, I, I think that he will eventually the leave the. I, I, Mark, what I said. If you listened to me at the beginning of the show, I said I think he's gonna leave the the White House. I think he'll spend the week really complaining about losing the election next year if he runs, because I don't think he's gonna run too. Part of me thinks he's not gonna run, but if, let's say he runs and he loses. He's going to spend okay. a week or so saying how it was rigged and he was going to complain. And then he's going to start getting backlash from Republicans. And then he's just going to go to Mar-a-Lago and play golf. And if I'm like Mike Flynn or, um, you know, any of these other guys who are thinking about covering up for the president, cause they might get a, a pardon. I would think twice cause he might forget to pardon them. Cause he might be partying down in Mar-a-Lago and playing golf, or maybe even go over to Scotland, which I hear is a beautiful course to play there and, you know, feeling sorry for himself and, you know, eating chocolate cake and uh, Kentucky fried chicken or whatever, whatever else is going to make him happy after he loses. Right, and trust I me, got, I, I, I've I lost got, elections in my lifetime. It's horrible. So I got the, I got the gist of your show. Now I understand where you're coming from. It's nothing but shock value. Nothing shock value, fact based. Hear that, Mark? Um, Yeah, these people that are getting indicted for Donald Trump had nothing to do with the campaign. Oh, the the campaign manager who went to jail today had nothing to do with the campaign. What did Donald? What did he do for Donald Trump? A few. He was the campaign manager for Donald Trump. Now, Mark, let me ask you this question: Let's say Obama's campaign manager was committing. Let's say What's the amount of going to jail for conspiracy against the United States, oh, failing please. to register as a foreign agent while he worked on the presidential campaign. Now, had Obama's hey, campaign me. manager been lobbying for the Russians while he was running for campaign, you'd just forgive it. Let me ask you a question. No, I don't forgive it. You know what? Paul Manafort's going to jail. He got what he deserved. Just like Cohen. Thank you. Got what he deserved. Thank you. They broke the law. Yes. I am fair when it comes. You'll to know them by the company they keep. And I will. And I will say this about Donald Trump. I support him 110%. But you know what? For anybody like yourself or even myself that think that Donald Trump wasn't an SOB in business and probably did some things that he should not have done. Broke some laws. Kind of odd that he's the president now. I would be a fool. But you do know that you cannot impeach a seating president. I'm sure you know. Why that. can't you it's impeach? Like a, you can absolutely impeach a sitting president. It's in the Constitution. Uh, yeah, I, I think you have to. You can indict a sitting president, and it's uh, not in law. It's kind of a memo that was written. Of, but I think you can uh, indict mis- a sitting president. I misspoke. I misspoke. You're right. You're right. I misspoke. Um, listen, 
He's not going anywhere. He's going to get reelected simply because. All right, Mark, 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 you're droning on and I want to entertain my audience. So let me, let me put it to you this way. You keep calling into the show. You keep listening. And if this man gets reelected, you just give me a call and you could rub it in. Okay. But I want you also to promise me, Mark, Mark, I also want you to promise me that when he doesn't get reelected or fails to run for reelection, you call me up and tell me how great I am. Okay. 100%. 100%. All right. Mark from Bating Hollow, thanks for. I will not tell you how great you are, but you will give me time on the radio. No, 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 no. No, Mark. Mark, I'm going to let you rub it in if he wins. But if he loses or fails to run, you're going to say, Chris, you were right and you're great. Listen, one thing before. Mark, repeat after me. Mark, I want to make sure you know how to say it. Chris, you were right. You, you were right. Chris, maybe, maybe you'll be right. We'll see. I doubt it. But Chris, tell me this. Who, who is the Democrats going to run that would remotely have a he, Here's the thing, Mark. I'm going to let you go on that. Here's the thing on that. It doesn't matter who the Democrats run. It doesn't matter. They could run a potted plant. They could run a potted plant and they'd beat them. I, I, I was listening to Mayor Pete over the weekend. I get a call from a friend of mine who's died in the wool. Oh, I love this Mayor Pete guy. He's on CNN at nine o'clock on Sunday. Now, those of you who've been listening to the show uh, for the past five years know that Sunday at nine o'clock is usually a pretty busy time for me. Walking Dead, Shameless, Game of Thrones, Ray Donovan, all of those shows are on at 9 o'clock on Sunday night. This Sunday night, there were two of those on. Shameless was on, and it was Fiona's last episode. For those of you who don't know Shameless, watch it. You'll like it. You're welcome. And I loved Fiona. And that was probably the best we've seen Fiona in like two years. I, I enjoyed it. And of course, Walking Dead. Now, Walking Dead, you've got to watch the night of. Because if you don't watch the night of and something crazy happens, some idiot's going to tell you about it on social media. You can't avoid it. So I watch it the night of, but I don't like to watch the commercials, Brian. So I let the DVR run for about 15 minutes before I turn on Walking Dead. So I popped over to CNN to check out Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete's the real deal. I was a little skeptical of Mayor Pete. I don't know that he's going to be president. And he probably won't be president. He's young, 37 years old, man. He's 10 years younger than me. Smart as a whip. And his answers on these questions, first of all, Rhodes Scholar and a veteran. Mayor of South Bend, Indiana, a red state, openly gay, gets reelected after coming out during his election with 80% of the vote in South Bend, Indiana, which is not a liberal city, America, not at all. I'll tell you why they reelected him, because he's smart, he's sharp as attack, he's got plans and ideas. Got asked a question about Medicare for all. His response is, I believe in Medicare for all who want it. How good is that? I don't care who the Democratic candidate is. That's the answer, America. A robust public op- option. A robust public option. And the private health care system. You want to be in the private health care system? Go at it. 
but I'm going to create a robust public option, which Obama should have done when he came up with Obamacare. But he was afraid of being called a socialist. And you know what happened? He passed Obamacare, which was completely market-based, just put a couple of rules around the marketplace and made it so people had to take personal responsibility and buy insurance so that the rest of America wasn't covering them when they, go, when they break their arm or people weren't going bankrupt over a sickness. Very market-based, a plan that was introduced in Massachusetts by Mitt Romney, a plan that was come up from by the Cato Foundation and the Heritage Foundation. That was their plan. But when Obama passed it, the Republicans called him a socialist. Anyway, and he didn't even have a public option. There was no public option in Obamacare. There's no government takeover of health care. It was a step intended to cover more people and to make insurance less expensive. And it worked when Obama was president. And now this president has tried to dismantle it. And people's insurance, whether you have Obamacare or not, has gone up. The cost. So Mayor Pete, now that every Democrat's out there, 100% Medicare for all, Medicare for all, Mayor Pete, Medicare for all who want it. Brilliant. Brilliant. You want to keep your uh, health insurance and you could get health insurance from the private sector? Have at it. You want to participate in the public option? Here's what you're going to get. Here's what it costs. Have that. Medicare for all who want it. If you don't want it, you don't have to have it. If you want it, it's there for you. Brilliant. He's just smart. Sharp as a tack. And I don't know that he's going to get elected president, this Mayor Pete. I really don't. And I don't think so. Tomorrow, Beto O'Rourke's getting in the, in the race. He's a slightly older version of, of Mayor Pete. He's, he's kind of a centrist. He's going to try to appeal to red states and blue states. He's not going to leave any state behind. Beto O'Rourke's going to announce, and Beto O'Rourke's probably, I think he's got a, a very good chance to be the nominee. And if he's the nominee, I think he's going to win. And, and you say, oh, he couldn't get elected to the Senate. He barely lost in Texas, America. He barely lost in Texas. You know who else lost his Senate race? Lincoln. And two years later, he was president of the United States. Thank God. Brian's looking at me like, why are you like emoting like you're on TV, waving your hands around, doing the whole thing? You know, it's been a while since I've been behind the glass doing one of your shows and I'm just like soaking it all in. Yeah, it's so different than the other, the other hosts that, yeah. that work here. They're like, hi, uh, I'm, I'm Tom Shalero. Welcome to hey, the Tom hey, Shalero easy, show. Easy, <laughs> I love Tom Shalero. It's my guy. I only kid because I love. <laughs> I kid because I love. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Tom Shalero Show. I'm going to bore you for two hours uh, talking about, um, uh, I don't know, why marijuana shouldn't be legal. By the way, I am doing a debate on legalization of marijuana here with Jay Oliver. And I will be here for that. I am pro-legalization. I'm with you. For some reason, Jay, who spent his entire career as a top 40 DJ, is opposed, right? Jay was a top 40 guy before he got into talk, right? I'm going to take your word for it. I don't know. I'm just making that up. I just assume because he's got such a professional announcer's <laughs> voice. I don't remember. Oh, no. Maybe he was on 1010 Wins or something like that. What did Jay do? I don't know. We have to look this up. I'll look it up before the debate. So I have I'll, to I'll pass it along to my research, guys. I, I'm just going to give him a little hint, Jay. Here's a, little, here's a little preview for you. Just listen to some of my shows. I've talked about legalization of weed. You can get all my talking points and you still won't win, okay? Because 
if you don't believe in legalized weed, I mean, if you're for prohibition of all, all drugs like alcohol and caffeine and sugar and McDonald's, there are a lot of things that are bad for you that we are allowed to use, right? But let's just compare it to alcohol. Uh, alcohol is really bad for you. Makes you fat, makes you violent, ruins your skin. There's all sorts of things it does to you. You could get that at any 7-Eleven. Go out any time of night in New York State, go buy a 12-pack a, a of beer. No problem. Go to a liquor store, get yourself a, you know, a gallon of whatever's going to kill you there. Marijuana is, I don't even think, as bad as alcohol, but let's just say it is. Let's say it's as bad for you as alcohol. And, and I don't think it is, but let's say it is. I mean, my, my point is, is I've almost gotten beat up by a guy who was drunk several times. I've gotten a little bit of an awkward hug from one of my pothead friends. A little too long. They held on a little too long, maybe grabbed my butt. I'm just saying. They shouldn't have done that. It was uncomfortable. Take your leftover food. Yeah, they maybe they stole my Cheetos, right? I don't do drugs at all. I don't drink. I don't smoke pot. Never have. Used to, you know, I used to be a social drinker. Now I try to be an athlete, so I'm not anything. But I don't, I, I, I'm not pro-weed because I like to smoke weed. That's where you get most of your weed guys, pro-weed guys, are, you know, marijuana is the greatest thing, man. You smoke it and you, you know, it really clears your, your skin and it, it, it helps you with sleep and, uh, you know, it cure cancer and you can make hats out of the rope. You know, like I'm not one of those guys. I'm a social justice guy. I see mostly African-American and Latino men going to jail for weed. Why? when you could just go buy a six pack of bud and it's just as bad. So why should the state be telling us, you know, Jay is going to come in here and pretend that he's a conservative. Well, why does the state, why does the state get to tell you what you can or cannot put into your body? Now I get it. The state has an absolute right to regulate health and safety, but what is weed doing to you that alcohol is not doing to you? I get it. If it's heroin, He's going to say, well, what if it's laced? Well, if the state's controlling it, it won't be laced. Well, isn't it a gateway drug to other drugs? No, it's not. It's a gateway drug to other drugs because you got to go to a criminal to get it right now. When you're going to 7-Eleven to get it, it's a gateway to Cheetos and a Slim Jim. So there's my arguments, Jay. And I, you know, I love Jay. Jay Oliver. Dr. Victor Gatton. I won't, I won't do his, his movie his movie trailer. But I'm going to be arguing with Jay. I don't know when it is. It's sometime in April. Check the linewsradio.com website and uh, you'll find out when that is. 631-451-1039 is my number. I got Joe Tex joining me at the bottom of the break. Don't forget, I will be on Fox News on Friday night debating my uh, my guy, Tucker Carlson, uh, who's had a rough week. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that either. But I'll be debating Tucker Carlson on Friday night. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. 631-451-1039. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think that whoever the Democrats put up is going to have a better than even chance against Trump. Like I said, I give Trump 40% chance of re-election right now. 40%. And, and that's down, by the way. It's down. Because I've been, you know, mostly because of the budget he just put out. And, and maybe I'll talk about that in, at, at 930, but I only have a few minutes left and 
It's a longer conversation than we have left here. But uh, his budget cuts Medicare by $850 million, $850 billion, sorry, $850 billion. Now, I get it. There are some cuts that are needed to everything, right? There's waste and everything. It's fat and everything. Obama cut some, took some cuts in Medicare because Medicare had been overpaying providers. And he's like, why are we overpaying providers? We should pay them as they go, as like everything else. So they put a little cuts in there. $850 billion cuts a lot of the muscle out of Medicare, right? Takes a lot of the meat off the bone, cuts to the bone. And that's not going to play well in Florida, in Arizona, in parts of Georgia, in North Carolina, where there are a lot of, lot of older Americans who've moved there to retire. And frankly, he needs all of those states. He loses any one of those states, he's not going to be president. And he just made it harder for him to win those states. If Democrats play their cards right, they will stop just talking about the wall in the budget, which he's not going to get. We all know he's not going to get. And start talking about the Medicare cuts in the budget. The Medicare cuts in the budget are politically suicidal for him. And here's the thing. It's like Paul Ryan-esque. Mick Mulvaney wrote the budget and the president never even read it. Probably never even asked the question. That doesn't mean he's not responsible for it. He owns that budget. It's his budget. His name's on the budget, not Mick Mulvaney's. So when he comes out there and starts crying about Mick Mulvaney screwing up the budget, don't let him do it. Medicare is his problem in the budget, and it's why he's not going to get reelected. All right, 631-451-1039. I'm Chris Hahn. Joe Tex joins me. Other side of the break. I'll be right back. The Chris Hahn Show. All right, I'm back. I'm live. I'll take your calls at the bottom of the hour at 631-451-1039. That's 631-451-1039. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. And don't forget to watch me Friday night on uh, Tucker Carlson, 8 o'clock p.m. I'll be on some other shows, too. Uh, just check me out on Twitter, and I'll tell you where, because I don't have all my appearances with me right now. I got a bunch next week, too. But joining me right now, great friend of the show, great friend of mine, one of the funniest guys I know. He's a regular in Batsu, New York City, uh, which is uh, now uh, on 2nd Avenue. And what street? 4th Street uh, in New York City. Uh, Joe Tex, how you doing? Hello, Chris Hahn. Thanks for having me back on the show, man. Did I get the address right for Batsu? It's on 4th and 2nd? I was going to let it go. It's 1st and 2nd, but yeah, close enough. It's on 1st and 2nd? No, no, no. You got me confused. 1st and 4th. You had it right. 1st and 4th. 1st and 4th. There there it is. 1st and 4th, Batsu. What's the the new name of the venue? Wada. Wada. That's like the Japanese for LOL. Wada. Oh Wada. boy. That's a great, what a great state. What a great space. I've been there. I went to opening night at Wada and it was, it was great to have you in the house for opening night. Uh, that was our private friends and family invite only open. And we were just thrilled you could make it. 
I was thrilled to have been able to be in the city that night. It was awesome. It worked out perfectly. So I'm really happy I got down there. Really happy I got to see the show. Guys were great. The space was great. The new uh, characters, uh, it's fantastic. Make sure if you're in New York City, check out Batsu and go to Face Off Unlimited uh, for all your Batsu and Joe Tex information. So Joe, I've been saving this topic for you all night. Aunt Becky might go to jail because she paid a half a million dollars to get her daughter and son, I think it was to USC. Now, I, I mean, I get maybe spending a half million dollars to try to get your kid into Harvard, but USC? I, what am I missing here, Joe? Well, USC is a good school. And you have to remember, I, I don't know how much I can actually talk about this, Chris. I'm kind of involved in this probe. What? By the yeah. So I have what a guest, man. Well, 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 let's let's talk about it so I can make some news and, uh, you know, maybe get picked up by uh, some of the others here. Well, you know, a lot of investigations, they're broad, you know, and so maybe you haven't heard about my thing yet. I'm expected to be indicted any minute. And I, as I might need you to be my lawyer, in fact, but uh, I know, can do I'm the like, arraignment, but that's about it. You don't want me representing you in the trial. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little rusty, but I'll do the arraignment. I'll come, already, I'll come down and I'll come down up. Advice. I'll come down and say, uh, you know, that you're a model member of the community and you should be released on your own recognizant. You'll probably wind up with a hundred thousand dollar bond, but go ahead. See that you're worth every penny. <laughs> But so this whole story is about these rich kids who are too dumb. They didn't work hard enough. They're spoiled brats. They they just have everything handed to them. And, you know, Mumsy and Dadsy wants them to go to the right school. So their parents, they've got fuku money or their Hollywood famous money. I mean, they got the money, so they drop it. And it's like a, they put a wing on it. They annex a building. They donate to something. They right, buy that used to be the band. way. That used to be the way you did it, right? You you bought a wing. These people were like trying to buy their way onto the crew team. That's right, and so and well, and you know, and I believe that it even like they were paying people to take pets and stuff like that, and that's kind of where I come in. I don't understand. Um, I don't understand. I mean, did you even graduate from Florida State? Well, see, not all rich kids <laughs> want to go to Ivy League schools. Some of them just want to dance or they just want to travel Europe for a while or maybe go to Daytona beach community college <laughs> and smoke some weed, you know? Well, and not so if Jay Oliver has anything to say about it. I'm just saying, yeah, right. Check out that but, debate on what is it? April 19th, Brian 17th, April 17th. I'm going to kill him. The Brian's poor guy. Gonna be there. It's going to be an event. <laughs> yes. So, so again, sorry. You know, so, so anyway, so these kids, these parents, these kids will hire me and I go in and I tank all their tests and exams for them. So they don't have to go in and disappoint moms <laughs> and daddy and this and that. So it's like the opposite of what was happening with so Becky. you are paid to take tests and do poorly on him so that you don't, the kids don't have to go to college. That's right. Their parents are expecting them to go to USC, which I guess surprisingly is a uh, hard school to get into. I, I don't, I've known a few people who went there. Uh, anyway, and so they were like, oh, I can't tell my mom and dad I'd rather just go to theater school. <laughs> so I come in and I tank the test. And they're like, I don't know what happened, but I'm going to U.S. to dance. <laughs> you know? I don't know what happened. I'm going to go to the city and take classes at uh, Upright Citizens Brigade or, or, or FOU. I'm going to be the next Chris Farley. <laughs> I'm studying with so, off. So how much can you make doing that, Joe? I mean, what's what's the going rate to get somebody to go in and fail a test for you? 
Well, I believe like they were getting the rich kids who who want to get in. Like it's like a half a million or more. You know, I know Donald Trump. Uh, he paid like a million dollars to get his kids into school, the junior one. But you know, for me, I do it for just a few hundred bucks if I'm free. You know, a few hundred bucks, four, five, six hundred bucks a pop. But what I, what I don't understand is why can't they just do it on their own? Like it's, because, it should be easy to fail at test. Just. Mark no, every up, you know, answer C or something. It's hard to, you know, it's, it's so uh, uneducated of you. It's really hard to fail a test that thoroughly when you have rich parents, your legacy, you know, you, the wing is named after you. You know, yeah, remember, this is like a, a, a anti, this is like a combative move, a defensive move to when the parents spend a half a million to get you in. You've got to go big to keep from getting in. You so, know what I mean? So what you're saying is, you uh-huh. could get every answer correct. You just intentionally choose the wrong answer. That's correct. And I do it in several different highly creative methods. And I don't want to put too, again, I, I don't know how much I should be talking about this. I really should consult an attorney at some point tonight. Well, I'm an attorney. But, so, okay. So it's probably privileged then. So yeah, you know, yeah, it's pri- this is privileged information, except for the, you know, 25,000 people listening to us right now, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and that's all NDAs, like verbal NDAs. Yeah, everybody, uh, if you if you agree not to discuss this with anybody, don't call in. Perfect. All right, good. Perfect. Yeah, you know, you know, you can do different things. You can go down the row, a a a a a. That's a that's a good one. That ensures you're getting a thirty. Right. You know what I mean, right. Uh, you can do the Christmas tree pattern. I like to do that in the winter times. You know, if I'm taking exams in the you know, like November, I'll do the, I'll get Christmassy. Uh, there's just all kinds of different methods. You know, you can do the ABBA, ABBA, ABBA. Yeah. But that could backfire. You never know. You never know, especially if you just keep the, you know, you might get into a rhythm where you're getting a lot of questions right. You got to really read and prepare for this. But this is, uh, this is sad, Joe. I hope you don't spend too much time in jail uh, for failing. Oh, it's okay, Chris. I'm white. My family's got money. I probably won't do much time. Yeah, you might get the Manafort discount, as they say. I'm looking for the Manafort discount. The Manafort discount. (laughs) He led an otherwise (laughs) exemplary life (laughs) while he was defrauding the government for the last 10 years and representing dictators all around the world. (laughs) How worried do you think this dude is about the New York charges? And how baller was it of New York to be kind of hanging outside the courtroom door waiting for him? I think it's kind of baller. And I think he's very worried because he can't be pardoned from the New York charges. Now, the problem for him is that, you know, New York has a very strict anti-double jeopardy laws. So the crimes would have to have been committed from a separate set of facts. So I don't know what the, I haven't read the complaint yet. Christopher Hahn. Yeah. You don't think Mueller knows what he's doing here? Of course he's already I, I don't know that Mueller I, I don't know that Mueller's you, working with the New York district attorney. I just, I just don't I don't know. So. No, don't I don't I don't like share information and be like, "Hey, you guys take this. I'll take this, you take that." No, well, I think he's working with the the district the Southern District of New York, but that's the federal Oh, but the, not the uh the, the state. Yeah, I don't think he's working with the Manhattan district attorney. I he I don't probably can't. Right? Yeah, he probably can't, and I don't know. You, you know, never know. Like, you don't know. Maybe he's sitting out in a park, or one of his guys is in a park next to one of those guys in a park, and they drop a bag full of evidence. That that well, happens. I mean, the they time. could have found evidence of a state crime and then sent it over to the uh, to the Manhattan District Attorney, but 
It would have to be it would have to be a crime based on a separate set of facts. So um, yeah, not these things that he's but, going down. But you know, for. the guy's going. The guy's done a lot of bad things, right? And he's been so, well. They're talking about his mortgage. Uh, yeah, stuff, right. It's mortgage yeah. fraud. So we'll see. When but the mortgage fraud would have to be come out of a separate set of facts than the ones that Mueller. So we'll, you know, it, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen there. And I think there'll be more state charges coming down. But I also think, like I was saying earlier. I think the president's going to forget to pardon people when he loses the election because he's going to be so miserable with himself. He'll be burying himself in chocolate cake and McDonald's and, you know, Kentucky fried chicken. Then he'll go off to Mar-a-Lago and play golf and he'll try to forget. And then he'll go to, you know, his Scotland course to play golf. And then the next thing you know, the presidency's going to be over and he will have forgotten to sign the uh, pardons. And at the end of the day, he doesn't care about them no you know what they have no. to understand is he doesn't care about his own kids so why would he care yeah, about nobody. paul manafort yeah. right he didn't all even really... he really wants chris is to leave that lasting big giant wall so that they're it's on mass the trump wall and he could go and be like i left the giant buildings i'm the greatest construction person in the whole history of world all xander has nothing on me i left the great wall that's exactly by the way i'm talking to joe tex you can follow him on twitter at joe tex online on twitter at joe tex online on twitter he is one of the stars i mean maybe the star of batsu i am one of the stars i mean i think a lot of good people down at batsu uh, I wasn't correcting you, but okay, if you want to. Batsu, which is on every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's on Sunday? It's close. It's, close. it's Tuesday through Saturday. Tuesday through Saturday, down at WADA, down in New York City on First Avenue, uh, on the corner of First Avenue and Fourth Street in New York City, downtown. What do we call that section of New York City now? That's the Lower East Side, the East Village, man. The right East the the village, village, baby, yeah. right on the edge of the East Village, a place that if you walk around town kind of smells like weed. Coincidentally, you know, and I, there, I, I smell it. And yeah. I, you know, the little preview, I'll be debating my, my good friend Jay Oliver on April 17th, right here. I think it's at 6.30. What time are we doing that? I believe it's at 6. 6. Thanks, Brian. Brian will be producing that show. Mike B's out tonight. I think he's stripping or something. I don't know what he's doing. What, Brian's he's, doing a great job back there. Cause, yeah. uh, you go for like 15 minutes, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, Brian, answer this random question real quick. And he's right there. <laughs> he's like, right. I would have been like on Facebook scrolling, but what? Nah, he, what Brian, Brian's right on it. Mike B would be like, whoa. Huh? Facebook and Instagram are down. <laughs> oh, I think. The, oh, that's right. Yeah, I think that's the problem. I was having a hard time streaming today, too. It's a little weird. Uh, well, AOC was just on Twitter complaining about it. Saying, Is hey, Facebook down? Oh, no, that's Instagram. that's why that w- Instagram is down. Both or of them. Was. Oh, Brian said that both of oh, them. Maybe both you think they were attacked? Could be a big. Could be a know. big. This could be a big story, Joe. But, but I'll be debating the legalization of marijuana, and mm-hmm. and and I I look at it as a social justice issue. A lot of African American Latino men, particularly, are picked up with a small amount of marijuana, spend a year in prison, and then you know have a hard time for the rest of their lives getting jobs and people trusting them because of that stupid offense. Meanwhile, any idiot can walk into a seven 11 and buy a six pack of beer. And why yeah. is that right? Right. I mean, what's the difference? I mean, they're both bad for you. And I'm not going to, you know, I don't know if you believe that marijuana is good for you. I don't believe it's good for you. Anything that burns your lungs up can't possibly be good for you, but neither is alcohol and neither is cigarettes and neither is sugar and neither is fat. And yet all those things are legal. So I don't get this whole, oh, it's a gateway drug. It's a gateway drug because you got to buy it from a drug dealer who wants to sell you other drugs. Yeah. Yeah. 
My dealer pretty much just sticks with weed, some maybe some <laughs> edibles. He delivers. I, I mean, it's, you're, it's a good service. You're a honest. weed guy. Yeah. I watched that show on um, on HBO um, about the weed dealer. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Do you know what it's called, Brian? It's like it's not called Baked. It's uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's a good show. I haven't watched the new season, but it's a it's a very good show. Um, very well written. Um, uh, it's about a, a guy who delivers weed. It's about the the weed guy. <laughs> so oh, that's cool. Yeah, and and his his character's name is the guy. He's the guy. That's his character's oh, name. So like from uh, Half Baked. Well, no, the the, in, in Half Baked, it was the guy on the couch. Yeah, the guy on the couch. This guy's just the guy. I think he's just the guy. I can't remember. It's, it's, that's it's, it. I'm gonna call my guy. Yeah, I'm gonna call my yeah. guy. Yeah. So, I mean, oh like, God. you know, I mean, you're around a lot of people who believe in marijuana and New York City seems to be embracing it now that the state's going to legalize recreational use of marijuana. All of the suburban counties are struggling with it because people still remember the film from the 1940s, Reefer Madness, where people would go no, crazy. People uh, can't possibly remember that. Joe, as an effective the people who tool. vote remember it. And it the was, old people remember yeah, that? They remember it, and they remember the, the, the iterations of it that came after, people referring to that film. because well, I'm not young, but I remember it as a, hey, look at this ridiculous video from back in, like, the 50s. Right, right. Well, they remember it as real, as that's what happens, yeah. right? And, and there, you know, there's also a tinge of racism there. I mean, the whole thing yeah. is tinged with racism. The reason yeah. why... The reason that was given for making marijuana a controlled sub- substance in the 60s was that Puerto Ricans used it. Like that was the one of the reasons given for it. Amazing. Alcohol, whatever you want to do, drink as much as you want, no limits on how much you could buy, just an age limit. Right? You can't drive with it, but you can't drive with anything. So I I just I don't know. What's your take, man? Well, uh, you know, I don't know if I would say I believe in it. Like, I mean, I guess I believe in it because I see it. I know it's real. But, uh, you know me, man. I, I'm one of these guys that's pro. I think that um, for all the reasons you just laid out and uh, the economical reasons, there's really no good reason against it. And I think that that's why we're seeing a slow but steady sweeping change across the country. And We'll look back on uh, and and before you know and be like, oh, remember when this was the only right. crazy, right, right. By the way, the HBO show is yeah. called High Maintenance. High Maintenance. Oh yeah, High Maintenance. I think I've known a couple of people who've worked on that. Now that you mentioned, yeah, it's it. a pretty good show. It's New York City. <laughs> it's New York City based. Yeah. It's New York City based. It's a New York City show, and it's uh, it used to actually just be a web series, and HBO picked it up. So yeah, somebody I know in my orbit is on was on that show that first season. I can't remember who though. Yeah, be mad we know that I can't remember. So I mean, it, it, look, I mean, I don't know. It's not the topic I brought you on to talk about. I'm sorry, I just got off on a tangent in the last block. That's and, okay. You know, I, I, I'm happy to talk about any topic. I'll talk about who are who the next tickets going to be. I'll talk about uh, how about the Twinkie cake that Creepo McCreeperson ate. The what blew out Twinkie Mitt Romney's Twinkie cake? I have not seen it. So this dude has a birthday, and just like normal everyday humans. He gets a cake that is made from, quote-unquote, his favorite snack, which are Twinkies. Now, first of all, there's a lot to unpack just on that. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. You're telling me that in 2019, your favorite snack is Twinkies? Uh, okay, hold on a minute. You also tell me that you're a 70-year-old man that looks like Mitt Romney and you eat Twinkies? 
Yeah. You know, one of the things I look, I don't like Mitt Romney. I don't like his policies. I don't like his politics. I think he's better than most Republicans though. But one thing I will say about Mitt Romney, he's 70 years old and I would trade looks with him right now. Okay. He's a handsome, he's a handsome in shape guy. There's no way he's eating Twinkies ever. No, no. But you know what it is though, is he remembers that from like college and filed that away is things that are relatable to humans. Right. And so he's, see, he's, he's been using it his whole life, I'm sure. And so anyway, so they, they wheeled this cake in and he's con- conveniently on like Facebook Live or something like that, Instagram Live. And he's like, oh, my staff with the cake. And he, instead of just like leaning over the cake to blow out the candles on this Twinkie cake and on each Twinkie, there's like a candle going around. There's probably like 80 candles Twinkie. on the cake because he's freaking 80 years old. Yeah, right? But, uh, he's he's got to be like, I, I, he's got to be close to 70. If he's not 70, he's close to 70. Yeah, Google it. He's got to oh, be, be up there. So anyway, Chris, this dude picked up each Twinkie, blew out the cancel, put back the Twinkie, and went around that way. Who oh, does that? Oh, my God. <sighs> it's amazing. So... Mitt Romney, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's one guy. Now, you were talking earlier before. Uh, my crack producer says that Mitt Romney is 72. 72. Uh, are you, you sure? 72? Yeah. Chris, I don't think they've made Twinkies in 72 years. Mitt you know Romney I mean? like is 72 years old. He looks good. He looks 52. He really does. 52? God, my, I, I would trade looks with him right now, and I'm 47. I... I, I, I'm really annoyed right now. That's see what money can buy you. <laughs> see what money can buy you, America. Right. Mitt Romney. Right. All the looks money could buy. He must be getting cool sculpting and lipo and hair transplants and a spray tan. The whole the whole package. What's you know. that? Uh, what's that woman? The actress who sells all that. The Gwyneth Paltrow. I bet he's on yeah, there. Yeah, he's like probably a partner in Goop. All right, Joe. I got like 30 seconds left with you. What do you want to plug? What do you want people to know? Batsu live.com come see a Batsu Japanese game show we're in New York City we're in Chicago we might be coming to a city near you uh, I'm Joe Text online on Twitter Instagram everywhere uh, website and that's where I want you to know about me there he is and Joe Tex is uh, look if you're in New York City you want something to do that's gonna blow your mind go see Batsu at WADA Joe Tex love you baby Taking your calls, the other side of the break, 631-451-1039. You're listening to The Chris Hodge Show, and I'll be right back. The Chris Hodge Show. I am back. I'm live. I am taking your calls the rest of the way at 631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation, pick up the phone and give me a call. You don't have to agree with me. Uh, In fact, if you disagree with me, I want to hear from you more. 631-451-1039 is my number. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter. That's at Christopher spelt the normal way. Hahn, H-A-H-N. On the Twitter machine, I just found out that Facebook is down or glitchy. Uh, I know that some of my posts were seen because I saw likes, 
Uh, so, you know, who knows? Uh, who knows what's going on? The Matrix is a glitch in the Matrix, Brian said. Brian, I can only show you the door. You have to go through it. That's my Morpheus. I don't know. It's not very good, right? He's starting to believe. Brian, you are the one we've been looking for. No, it's closer. I don't know. Working on it. It's been a while since I've watched The Matrix. Great movie. Sequels were disappointing, to say the least. The first movie, one of the best of all. One of the best sci-fis of all time. You know what else was a good movie? A little controversial. little controversial. Captain Marvel. Did you see it yet, Brian? I have not. It's great. Really? I loved it. My daughter loved it. She was... It was great. Um, look... They said it was formulaic. I mean, what superhero movie is... It's an origin story of a superhero. And it was a different kind of origin story. You didn't really know where it was going until like, you know, midway through. It, it was good. I, I liked it. Uh, I liked that you got to see kind of the origin story of Nick Fury, too. It wasn't just the origin story of Captain Marvel. Nick Fury, you, you see a younger Nick Fury... Uh, ably played by Samuel L. Jackson, who is a lot older than he was when he first started playing Nick Fury about 20 years ago, but that, he looked great. That guy's been acting since, I don't know. Do the right thing. 1987? I'm, I gotta think. I think he was also on Zoom. Remember the show Zoom? Before my time. Yeah, it was like a channel. It was like a PBS show, Zoom. So, uh, you know, he's been around. He's been the electric company. Might have been the electric company. No? You don't know the electric company? Look it up. Good stuff. Um, it's, it, it was, uh, it was that, that was from, you know, I'm a lot older than Brian. Brian's a millennial. How old are you? 25. Yeah, screw you. <laughs> I got shoes older than you, man. I got screw, shoes older than you. Yeah, you wouldn't remember. The electric company was long gone before you were. I, I mean, it died out while I was a kid. So, uh, but uh, Samuel L. Jackson was on that. And he definitely was in Do the Right Thing. And, uh, yeah, a lot of other movies. He's, he's fantastic. And he was great in this movie. And you got to see the origin story of Nick Fury. Now I know that online, a lot of chauvinistic idiots are upset that Captain Marvel's a woman. Uh, so what? Who cares? She was great. In fact, I thought it made it better. Frankly, uh, I thought it made it better. And Annette Bening's in it. And I haven't seen Annette Benning in a movie in a long time. And she was great. And, and I just thought it was a good, uplifting, fun movie. So go out, especially if, if you have daughters, go see it with your daughter. They'll love it. Uh, it it's a good, fun, uplifting movie that, uh, that was really worth it. And I'm probably going to see it again. Uh, so who knows? 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation tonight. I do see these people on Twitter and on Rotten Tomatoes like trashing uh, trashing Brie Larson and trashing Captain Marvel, you know, and oh, you know, I get it. You had a woman hurt you in your life and, and now you take it out on all women. I get it. You're not very popular with the ladies. And, and you see a woman in a strong role, uh, it, it, it's very threatening to you. I get it. You don't like strong women. I get it. Or maybe you're overcompensating for something that's not as big or as well operating as it should be. 
I get why you might not like Brie Larson in this role, but uh, I don't agree with you. You're wrong. It was great. It was a great movie. And I'm really looking forward to Infinity Wars now. Like, really looking forward to it because she really is, like, she plays this really strong character. And it's, I don't know, it's... uh. It's interesting. It's like it's like Captain Marvel has an Infinity Stone in her, right? Like that's the whole point of it. Plot like twist, she, right there. She is the Infinity Stone, right? Like the Infinity. She's stone. the one Infinity Stone that could bring Thanos she, down. Yeah, like she could probably bring him down, or at least get the stones, get the glove off of him. You don't have to bring him down. You just got to get that glove off his hand, or knock one of the stones loose. Yeah, there's a couple things you could do to get Thanos gone. You got to really what some some. You got to be able to go back in time too, because he already killed half the universe. So, you know, it's, it's gonna, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with this. Um, you know, and, and, and they, and you stick around for the credits. It's, it's fantastic. The movie's good. Good. It had some funny moments and a lot of funny moments, especially if you remember the nineties. So, uh, you know, check it out. 631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation, don't forget, watch me Friday night on Tucker Carlson at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, ChristopherHahn.com for all my stuff. And you can download the podcast of this show. If you missed any or all of it, check it out. I mean, if you missed all of it, you're not hearing me announce it. But uh, just go to my Twitter page. You'll figure out how to get to the podcast. So going to be an interesting day tomorrow when Beto O'Rourke announces his run for president. And I know I touched, about, touched on this a little bit a, while, a little while ago. I think Beto O'Rourke has an excellent shot of being the next president of the United States. He's an interesting guy. He was in Congress for a very short time, ran for Senate, got national attention. He is an exciting candidate who, to come within a whisker of taking out Ted Cruz in Texas, and I know Ted Cruz is probably... He's probably one of the most unpopular people in elected office. He's just a disgusting, sniveling weasel of a man who knows a lot better than the nonsense he spits out. But Texas is as red a state as they come. And it's also a state where people don't vote a lot. It's a low turnout state. I think if Texas, if Texas had the same kind of turnout that California had, it would have the same kind of results California has. But Texas has gone out of its way to make it harder for people to vote. So when it's harder for people to vote, only people with means vote. That's why, you know, the Democrats passed this bill. I don't remember the name of it. I think it's called the, the uh, Democracy for All bill. Where it makes Election Day a, a federal holiday, it limits funding that could be come from outside, puts public financing of election in there. It's a great bill. Makes it makes you automatically registered at birth to vote in the United States of America. So you don't have to register. You just show up on election day. The more people vote, the less people like Ted Cruz we'd have in the Senate. I'm not saying no Republican would win. There, are, there have been good Republicans in this world. Let's not pretend that there weren't. But it makes it harder for like these ridiculous people who trade in conspiracy theories and you know, facts don't matter so much to be elected. People who are really slaves to moneyed interests, 
and could care less about the people they represent as long as they're, you know, getting their NRA money. I mean, that is what greater participation in government will do for this country. So a guy like Beto getting in the race, who's inspired a lot of people, especially in a state like Texas, where it's hard to vote. He inspired a lot of people to come out and vote for him and to support him. And I think if he could do the same thing nationally, he will win the presidency and he will win the primary. I, I'm not for putting another baby boomer in the White House. And, and it's not for any reason. I'm not an ageist. Don't call me up and say you're an ageist. I'm not an ageist. I think they've had their chance and I think they've messed up this country pretty badly, that generation. I think it's time to pass the torch. Now, again, if Joe Biden's the nominee, I've always liked Joe Biden. But I think it's time for a guy like Beto or Mayor Pete or Kamala Harris or Cory Booker, somebody who, you know, somebody who hasn't fully lost their ability to believe they can make a change. You know, a lot of times, the longer you hang around, the more jaded you get. And I, you know, I know Bernie's out there on the stump inspiring, but you know, Bernie's got no plan. I haven't seen a plan from Bernie. I like what Bernie has to say. Why wouldn't I? I've got student loans. I'm still paying off. Graduated from law school in 1999, America, and I'm still paying off those loans. And I got, I got news to you. I got another like 10 years, 12 years to go to pay them off. It's horrible. I get it. I absolutely get it. It's inspiring. It's something you want to see happen. He's got a lot of good ideas. He doesn't have a single plan. I haven't seen a single plan out of him. Now, Beto is also inspiring. He's smart. He gets into the weeds. But he also transcends partisanship in a way that few do. So he gets into the race tomorrow, and that's going to make it, you know, Biden's going to have to make up his mind, I would think, by the end of March, if he's going to run or if he's not going to run. Because he's running out of time and he's running out of oxygen. And it's going to be, you know, we're going to get to a point where, you know, it's time to, uh, so they say, do your business or get off the pot, Mr. Biden, Mr. Vice President. It's, uh, you're running out of time. And all of the energy is starting to get swooped up. I mean, Kamala Harris had a lot of energy on her side. When she made her announcement, this guy's going to take a lot of energy, going to raise a lot of money. Iowa is less than a year away, America. Less than a year away. The first debates in two months. So we're getting up to a point right now where the field is starting to take shape. And there's a lot of people in it, different views, different backgrounds. John Hickenlooper, who I thought would have been a great vice presidential candidate a couple of years ago. He's in it. Colorado, the first state to legalize marijuana for recreational use, worked out. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes when Beto gets into the race tomorrow. 631-451-1039, 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the conversation. i got a few more minutes left with you tonight. Let me talk a little bit more about the budget and what the president's budget means for his priorities. 
So this is a guy who said he wouldn't cut Medicare. He put $850 billion, nearly a trillion dollars in cuts to Medicare in his budget. Now, the budget's dead on arrival. Don't fret. You will still get your Medicare. Dead on arrival, the House of Representatives will not even consider the president's budget. So what does he do with that $850 billion? First of all, there's a trillion-dollar deficit in his budget. Now, Republicans used to be all about getting rid of the deficit. The president of the United States, whose budget director and chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, was one of those deficit hawks when he was in Congress, just presented a budget to the Congress that has a trillion-dollar deficit in it. Now, that's not debt, America. That's deficit. That means the budget is a trillion dollar cost a trillion dollars more than the government takes in. So they will have to borrow to make up that deficit or they'll have to raise taxes. But the budget doesn't call for raising taxes, so they're going to borrow. Trillion dollar deficit in the budget. Uh, don't ever look. So 3 years from now when a democrat is asking for the the congress to do its job and raise the debt ceiling, Republicans out there, please spare me your nonsense about the debt ceiling next time it's asked of you to raise it. Because you clearly don't care about debt if you're supporting a man who pros a budget that will have a $1 trillion deficit in it, requiring $1 trillion of new borrowing over the next 10 years. That's priority number one. Cut senior citizens' health care. That's his priority. Now, what is he going to do with that extra billions? Well, he's also cutting SNAP, which is, you know, school-age children, uh, uh, nutrition for kids in school, you know, feeding little kids who are poor. He's cutting that. He's cutting, um, he's cutting every social welfare program in the United States by at least 5%. He's also increasing the Defense Department budget by $34 million, but more importantly, He is doubling the foreign contingency reserve to $120 million. Now, why should you care about that? Remember how Donald Trump said he didn't support stupid wars and that he was against stupid war? I hate stupid war. Wait, I'm doing Chuck Schumer. Let me do my Trump. I'm all against, I'm against stupid wars. I'm against stupid wars. Well, the stupid wars, Mr. President, were funded out of the Foreign Contingency Fund of the Defense Department. That's where Obama funded the stupid wars, where Bush funded the stupid wars, where Clinton funded the stupid wars. I think even George W. H. W. Bush funded his stupid wars out of that budget. What do you need the extra $60 billion for? What do you do with that money? What's your plan? You got a guy like John Bolton who's running your uh, running your shop. You got a guy like John Bolton running your shop. John Bolton's a scary human being, a guy I know. He's scary. His ideas on foreign policy are downright scary. He's never met a war he didn't want to start. Never seen a country he didn't want to invade. Never, you know, served. He's also got a real problem with Clintons, America. John Bolton's got a real deep problem with the Clintons. And that problem goes back to law school. 
They knew each other in law school. Now, you know, say what you want about Bill Clinton's policy. If you knew him, he's a young guy. You probably thought he was cool. He was a cool guy. So my my wonder is, you know, what made John Bolton hate Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton so much? Was he rejected by Hillary Clinton? Did he lose a girl to Bill Clinton? Why does John Bolton hate the Clintons so much? It's It can't possibly be just over policy. His hatred of them is really deep and really personal. And it goes back to law school. They, they, they all went to law school together, the three of them. Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and John Bolton. So where does that hatred come from? I don't, I don't know where that hatred comes from. It, it's a, it is deep and it is dark. And he's a deep, dark human being. And he's the guy who advises the president on when to go to war. And now he's got an extra $60 billion in a slush fund to do it. Now, that's, of course, not going to happen because Congress isn't going to pass that either. So he's got $120 billion in the foreign contingency fund in the Defense Department, cutting Medicare, and he wants $8.5 billion for the Great Wall of Trump that Mexico is supposed to pay for. Who's going to pay for it? Mexico! Or Congress, if I can't get Mexico to pay for it, because I've never really been successful in business. I just had $400 billion, $400 million from my daddy, which I lost six times and found new banks to give me debt. And maybe some Russian oligarchs. We'll find out. $8.5 billion, basically repaying the Defense Department for money he's stealing from them right now through his emergency declaration, which Congress is about to vote to void. So that's his priorities, right? Budgets are about priorities. They're, They're inherently political documents. And I'm saying that nobody with any real political experience read the document because I don't think anybody going into a re-election would want to cut $850 billion from Medicare. Medicare. $850 billion from Medicare going into a re-election. Have fun in Florida talking about that. Have fun in Florida talking about why senior citizens shouldn't have health care. You know, the health care they worked for their entire life, they paid into their entire life. This president has passed a budget document, not passed, introduced a budget document that will cut $850 billion from Medicare. And yeah, I'm going to keep saying it, America. And Democrats running for president, they shouldn't focus on the wall funding in the budget. They should focus on this. Because this is truly outrageous and truly a political misstep and a gift to anybody running for president right now. How are you going to do in the, you know, the leisure glens of the world or the leisure villages or century village down in Florida? How are you going to do in those districts where there are, I don't know, a million senior citizens living in one state? More? Two million Medicare recipients in Florida? Paul, it's, this is like a Paul Ryan type thing, yet there's still debt. There's still a trillion dollars worth of debt. You're making all these cuts and there's still a trillion dollar deficit in your budget. It is a shame. All right, America. You've probably had enough of me by now, so 
I want to thank you all for listening, and I want to remind you all to seek the truth. Question everything and question everyone, even me, America, but especially people asking you for their vote. Seek the truth, America. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America. Wish our weekdays away, spend our weekends in bed. We drink ourselves stupid, and work ourselves dead, and all just because that's what mom and dad said we should do. We should run through the forests, we should swim in the streams, we should laugh, we should cry, we should love, we should dream, we should stare at the stars and not just at screens. You should hear what I'm saying and know what it means to sing. Chris Hahn Show podcast is recorded live at 103.9 FM in New York at Long Island News Radio. This podcast was sent to Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Joe Tex. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Peter Hargarden, the senior producer of podcasts here, and on behalf of everyone who worked on the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more about Chris and to find out about his upcoming television appearances, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hahn and at ChristopherHahn.com. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com.